0: Sometimes we struggle to believe we'll experience anything new each Advent season. What could we possibly learn that we haven't heard or seen before? But the season of Advent is a journey, and no journey is ever the same. This Advent at Second Presbyterian Church, we invite you to consider new ways of connecting to this ancient and beautiful story, a story that somehow simultaneously deals with the past, present, and future. Beginning November 27th and through Christmas Day, we will offer a sermon series titled While We Are Waiting. Come with your questions and real-life struggles as we encounter the holy in our waiting. Friends, let us join our hearts together again in prayer. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, reading from chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Hear now these words for the church today. A shoot shall come up from the stock of Jesse, And a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be a belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, the nation shall inquire of him, And his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When my husband Chris and I first bought our house here in Roanoke, there's an overgrown line of forsythia in our front yard. It took up a good seven or eight foot wide strip in an already narrow space between our house and our next door neighbor. So as soon as the weather was warm enough, we set to the tedious work of removing that overgrown hedge. Using our truck and a chain, we slowly wrapped the base of each plant and then put the truck in drive until the roots gave way. We may have looked a little redneck to our new neighbors, but it got the job done. Not long after we started this, however, we discovered where a tree had been, or I should say, where a tree was trying to grow. In the thick of those first few forsythia, we found a dead, roundup-painted stump. And then out of its side, a tall spindly redwood branch reaching up for sunlight. With the neighbor's help, we guessed that tree had been cut down some eight or 10 years before at least. And there it was, a tree growing out of a stump. The most recent owners had thought it was dead Actually, they may not have even known that it was there amidst all the brambles. But it was growing, despite all odds. Have you ever seen something growing where nothing should be? A weed poking up out of a crack in the sidewalk. A vine growing through the post of a stop sign. My parents recently shared a photo from a trip to Lake Michigan this fall, a tree growing on the top of a solid rock, its roots stretching across a small crevice to soil on the other side. It's a remarkable thing to see. Life where it should not be. A root still viable. Some seven centuries before Jesus' birth, A poet writes of a future day of peace. Isaiah's context is not some safe and beautiful home, some pastoral and peaceful land. But he writes an utter destruction. Between 740 and 700 BCE, the Assyrian army wreaked havoc and destruction on the northern kingdom of Israel. Isaiah sees all this as judgment for their faithlessness. The kingdom's leaders had looked not to God, but instead supported the rich and powerful, becoming more rich and powerful at the expense of the poor and marginalized. So destruction, deportation, occupation by this foreign government. When the people Israel read Isaiah 11, they read it with hope that a new king would rise up among them and restore the nation. Later. King Hezekiah seemed to fit the bill. He was a good king. Hezekiah sought God's wisdom, judged the poor with righteousness, and decided with fairness. He instituted important reforms, but fell short of bringing the promised peace Isaiah envisions. So, hundreds of years later, the community found themselves again living under the threat of an occupying force, perhaps even worse than the Assyrians. The Romans and their puppet regimes inflicted injustice and violence on the people. When Israel read Isaiah 11 in that context, they looked for yet another king. They read and prayed and prepared for the coming of a Messiah, a savior that would be a great king like David, son of Jesse. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Even when it looks like everything is burnt over, Isaiah says, like nothing could grow, a shoot will spring forth. Israel was so used to being compared to a vine, growing with branches upon branches, one on top of the other intertwined. By comparison, it may not sound like much, but a branch, a shoot, Isaiah is saying, is enough the root, the foundation is still good. God still makes way for a future. I know it is safe to say that most of us have experienced loss in some way or another. As your pastor, you've graciously invited me to sit alongside many of you in moments of grief, fear, and anxiety in hospital rooms, at bedsides, on long walks, here in the sanctuary. And the beauty of a relationship between pastor and parishioner is that I also get to see resurrection over and over again. A man who thought he'd never find joy after the death of a beloved wife opens himself up to new relationships. A parent who's experienced the excruciating loss of a child returns to worship and, despite grief and pain and doubt, finds new meaning in service. A woman who felt belittled and judged by a former church somehow finds the strength to open herself to a new community and ask questions and explore her faith in new ways. A son who is honest about who he is, and a family that grows not only to accept him, but to advocate for him. The list could go on. From the outside, these signs of hope may not look like much. A shoot coming out of a stump, a branch springing forth from a root, a step forward, an opening, a light. But it's enough. Isaiah says. Sometimes that's all it takes. But seeing such a sign of hope doesn't always come naturally to us. So we have to watch, get ready for it, pay attention for when it comes. Isaiah's Israel would never be the same again. It would never rise. It would never be as strong. The root may never be a mighty cedar. But it will be stubborn and tenacious. It will appear, whether we're ready or not. Into this world, a son will be born to a poor family. His entrance will be small, noticed by a few poor shepherds and foreigners following a star. He and his family will have to flee a puppet king's horrible decree. He'll be hated by those who can't imagine something good can grow out of something that looks so burnt over. He'll be persecuted for touching the outcast and eating with sinners. From the outside, he may not look like much, but he will be the Messiah the world has been waiting for. So prepare your hearts, people of much faith and people of little, Look for life in these Advent days of darkness and unexpected light. May we be ready when he comes. Second Presbyterian, Finding Direction by Following Jesus